Hey, what up, guys? Welcome to the Upstate Coffee Collective podcast. Uh, thanks for tuning in to another episode. My name is Matt Pfeiffer, my co-host, Kevin Miner. Uh, today is Monday, August. It's not August. What What is the date? What's my age again? Who gets the reference? Uh, today is Monday, July 27th. Um, we're now going to be releasing on Mondays because I think um, it's just a good day to do it. We needed to take a week off. Um, we had so much going on with the highlight roast that went really well. Um, and we just needed to do a little bit of a reset. So I took a week off from editing so I could focus on finishing up our kind of like finance analytics and see how we did um, with the coffee itself and, you know, pull some feedback, documents, some learning lessons. Um, you know, I, I take this seriously because... Even though there are plenty of pros to pull out of something like this, it's really uh, the end of any sort of process is a great time to kind of look back and reflect and see how can we do it better? How can we do it faster or cheaper? So um, got a lot of great insights about that. And I don't know if anybody's interested in that aspect of things, you know, talking more from a business side of things. Um, let me know. So on today's episode, we talk with uh, a friend of ours, a local guy. His name is Zach Rossi. He is a guitar for hire, uh, touring musician. He is a guitar tech. He is an audiovisual tech. Um, and he tours the world pre-COVID uh, with amazing artists, um, some you have definitely heard of. For instance, he has toured with Luke Bryan. Um he has toured with Justin Timberlake, and I believe right before uh, everybody got sent home, he was working with Dream Theater as well. It's pretty amazing how uh, a local guy, only a few years older than I, um, decided that music was his dream, and he didn't take no for an answer. He just decided, this is it, this is what I want to do, um, and pursued it for many, many years. He has been in a number of bands. He has played live locally, um, and he even toured as a guitarist uh, a number of times around the U.S. But it really, he started to really hit his stride when he um, started working as a tech for a couple of different projects. And eventually, as you'll hear in this podcast, it led him down a path to working for Luke Bryan and his crew, which is, you know, a giant operation. And he did that for a number of years. Um, and through his hard work, his perseverance, uh, his positive attitude and his ability to kind of push through self doubt and, you know, the, the gravity of some of the situations he's in, you know, he was able to connect himself with some of the most amazing people in the industry and get to work for some of the most amazing people in the industry, including, as I said, Justin Timberlake. Who doesn't know who Justin Timberlake is at this point? I mean, come on. Um, he's a really cool guy to talk to. He's hilarious. Uh, his perspective on um, work ethic and, you know, kind of making a path for yourself is a big wake-up call to somebody like me. You know, every time I talk to somebody as inspiring as Zach or many of the other guests we've had, I always have a second check. You know, I always kind of have do this self-check where I go like, wow, Okay, if if he can do that, anybody can with you know the right amount of skill, passion, um, intellect, and confidence. So 
more than enough content to fill your ears on your commute to work on a nice Monday. So have a wonderful week. Get out there, work hard, um, put your passion into what you do, and ask really good questions. Thanks for listening and enjoy. kind of like finish the thought on like what this is sure this the, the, what is this matt what is this thing called life <laughs> what? the coffee collective Kiss kiss <laughs> the coffee collective is like it, it our our major goal is like creating a vessel for um like community education in oh, craft right. coffee yeah um and because of coronavirus, we kind of weren't able to, you know, create community events. Right. Because we couldn't congregate. And it, we had this other idea in the back of our minds, but we didn't know when to execute it. And then when coronavirus hit and we were kind of like stuck indoors, we're like, this is the perfect time. Everybody's home. People right. want to drink coffee at home. So we, we basically doubled down on content because people are playing or they're they're watching right. stuff. Right. Um, and we, so we started a coffee retail series. And every month we put a spotlight on one roaster or or, or cafe that provides coffee. Oh, that's great. It, I should say really just roaster. Yeah. Uh, yep. I'm going to send you home with that bag too. Oh, yeah. Cool. There you go. Thanks. Ta-da. Enjoy. It's a awesome. giveaway show. It's, look <laughs> under your seat. Actually, I did, <laughs> one I did, uh, Matt's I the did man. have a bag on the road. Uh, Last tour that I was on. I oh, yeah? A, I got it from Evan, who used to work at Crew. I don't know if he's still there anymore. Evan? That's Jenkins? His, yes. That's, that's his my roommate. roommate. Yeah, he gave me a, a bag. I took it on the road with me. Oh, sick. Yeah. Shit. That's fucking dope. It was awesome. So we just finished Highlight Rose number two. That's that one. That, Sweet. That's roasted by Luke Rocket Crew. Um, the story behind the coffee is really cool. I got a... Uh, there should be uh, cards and stickers in there too. Give him a card and a sticker. Oh, um, at the end. We'll look underneath your seat and you will find <laughs> a brand new... Matt didn't give Piece me anything. Of cardboard. Matt didn't give me anything. Yeah, I got you. Is nothing. that your Oprah? Yeah, yeah. that was his Oprah yeah. thing. Yeah. Matt Oprah. has always wanted to be Oprah since he was a little boy. <laughs> I, I've always wanted to spin the wheel on prices. Right, everyone's got dreams. Kevin, this is the last time I tell you my deep darkest secrets. That's not a dark secret, man. That's that's a beautiful wish. <laughs> a beautiful... All right. Um, you were rounding out your thought. I keep no, no. I mean, that was pretty much around. it. So, like, that's where we are now. And like, coronavirus is still a, a thing. We're still social distancing. We can't really commune together, commune together. We can't yeah. come together as a community. Yeah. Um, so we're kind of continuing this venture, and we have other, uh, uh, we have other avenues to explore. But the podcast has been really great because we're talking to people from across the spectrum. We we had just last uh, the the most recent episode that we released was uh, Kat Melheim. She's a coffee professional, and she uh, curates this magazine called Coffee People Zine, which is like an eclectic collection of art created by coffee people mm -hmm. um but then we had troy on and he's a musician you know and his his experience in coffee is minimal um one of our best friends devin seegers he was the first guy on our on our podcast and he's just mm -hmm. a in an interesting uh i would i would th i think of him as like a free thinker mm -hmm. you know and, and an aspiring um um what the hell is he what is his job 
What is it? Devin, if you're listening, what do you do? He's dude, he's an aspiring life changer. That's what he is. Life like, coach. Yeah, that's, that's the word that's what that he you know, uses. Life, I would say life changer. I mean, changed he's my looking, life. yeah, he's looking to help people find balance, purpose, and a healthier way about their day to day, like all at once, you know. But he's he's obviously, you know, with people you have to like pick the thing that they're the weakest at and kind of highlight that and work on that with them. Like he's, yeah, he's definitely more than a life coach. He wants to change lives. He's super into productivity yeah. too. I love that. Can I, can I expand upon what you're saying just Please to give do. Zach a, a better idea of yeah. what's going on? All right. The coffee community at large, it, you know, regionally, locally, nationally, and even globally is full of people who want to be connected to one another. Like cafes have a history of being places where people met, you know, and that's kind of carried on. And I think this is just like this podcast in particular is just Matt and my expression of that yearning to gather, imbibe, converse. It's like a coffee watering hole. Damn. I did it again, didn't I? You did it again. <laughs> that was good. That was good. He always fucking does this. That was great. It's not fair. I totally get it. Uh, I get it. He gets it. Every time we have somebody on and they're like explaining what they do, he, he'll probably do this to you too. He's like, so let me let me get this straight. Yeah. And then does that. And they're like, they're like, can I use that? Is that okay? And we're like, take it, please. It's free. It That's just flows out of him. All right. So enough about <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> I'm Collect yourself, off. Kevin. Uh, let's take a second, stop talking about us, and let's talk about you, Zach, because you're a really interesting person. You're a local guy. You're our friend. Zach Rossi, welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I just fist bumped you for the first time, and we have a question that we ask people. I didn't even ask you this question yet. Sure. Who are you? How are you? And what do you do? <laughs> Okay, so uh, my name is Zach Rossi. Uh, I'm doing well. Thanks for the coffee. It's actually really good today. And um, I would say my job title is uh, I am a freelance guitar player in Nashville, Tennessee, and I also am a roadie, for lack of a better word. I love that word. Well, oh, are you guitar tech? I have guitar tech, yes. Okay. I've done, yeah. Actually, my, cool, cool, my cool. first gig touring, I was a guitar tech, a bass tech, a pedal steel tech, and a pseudo drum tech yeah all right freelance guitar player can mean a lot of things i want you to break down for people listening what your perspective on being a freelance guitar player looks like so the perspective is that i put myself out there for a service hey i'm a guitar player um i do a b and c and from there it's just um, networking and working with different artists, whether it's um, in a duo or a full band kind of thing. And my job is to basically help make their music come to life in a live sense. Mm -hmm. And especially when it comes to, like, for example, the singer-songwriter rounds, you're hearing music that nobody else has heard because it's their own thing. So my job, along with the job of other people, is to take that, learn it, and do it in real time. Do it, it like do it live, recreate do it, live. it live. Yep, do it live without any any hiccups. And then with the band, it's a little different there because you want to insert yourself into this band like you've been there forever. Right. You don't totally. want any hiccups. You want to be as soon as the downbeat starts, you're you're in. Mm -hmm. I've often found that like if I don't know a band's lineup well enough, I won't be able to tell the difference between somebody who is like a touring or a touring guitarist or like a, a guitar for hire and somebody who is like a founding member of the band. And yep. that's probably because they're doing their job well. 
Yeah, I mean, that's what it comes down to. It's a matter of just being prepared and executing it. That's super sick. That's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah, like the like, dream. Like when we when we're in like, you know, middle school and high school and we're learning how to play guitar, like like the the dream would be a touring musician. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's fucking sick. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it sounds like really what happened. Like people just come to you in confidence. They're like, "Hey, we, well, it, we it see your ability." And yeah, but you had to build it up, kind of thing. You just, I mean, it's it, it was a collection of doing it in Saratoga and also at my college, which was at Oneonta State. Okay, and um, you know, learning, developing chops there, learning how to play with people, and then once I graduated, I was full on in Saratoga, just doing either my stuff or just working with other bands around the area, and then. Eventually, everything kind of was just, it hit a ceiling, mm-hmm. and I wanted more. So why not go to the place where you can be in it with the big dogs, and that's in Nashville. There's yeah. so much music in Nashville, yeah. you know? There's a Crazy. lot going on, and, and, it, and it ups your, your game. What, this is just a, like a bio question, what year did you graduate? Did you graduate in, in, in the same year as me in high school, 2010? 2005. Oh, five? Holy shit. Yo, me too. Yo. Damn. Yeah, that's sick, dude. I I could have oh, sworn five. we were the same age. That's nah. crazy. We're off by a little bit. Uh, five years. That's <laughs> big. Thirty-three. It's a whole hand. Yes, I just turned. Me too. Hey. Oh. Wow. You guys are like we're old. You guys are old as fuck, man. I'm still youthful. I'm gonna live forever. I'm not even pushed. <laughs> I my wife won't even say so. So Kenzie's twenty six. She, she she's turning twenty seven in a few days. Yeah. And she at twenty seven, she still won't admit that that's pushing thirty. But I'm turning 28, and that's pushing 30, according oh, to her. Oh, man. Yeah. Your 30s oh, are geez. good, man. The 30s are the best. I'm looking forward good. to it. I hear nothing like they say you're the you're best looking as a man in your 30s. And I would say so looking in this room. So I don't know about that, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was told the warranty is going to wear off, and I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really nice way of putting that. The warranty is going to wear off on that, soon. <laughs> you're like, yeah. Oh, shit. I was on tour, and everybody was like talking about my birthday, and I turned 30, like, hey, man, like, Happy birthday, but get ready. <laughs> it's coming. Okay. I was just talking about this with someone the other day. No matter how old you get, there's always like that one person who's like, yeah, just wait till you turn 35. And then you turn 35 and you're like, well, I don't think he was right. Like, I feel okay. That's his 35. And then, yeah, right. right and, yeah. And, but then like What's someone else doing? will come along. They're like, how old are you? And you're like 35. And they're like, oh, man, just wait till you hit 40. And it's like. <laughs> there, it, like it never ends. Like I feel right. like you're gonna turn 73, and there's gonna be some guys like, just wait till you're 74. Like, right. <laughs> it's like unending existential, uh, existential dread. I Everybody, love, I thrive on that. Just you, say, hey, oh, how old are you? 25. Cool. Cool, man. That's it. Sweet. Happy, it's just happy a birthday. number. Cool. If this were a job interview, I'd be breaking a law. So <laughs> you know what I'm gonna, <laughs> you know what I'm gonna, I'm gonna start saying this to people. Nice laps. Nice laps. Because you made laps around the. You sun. made a lap. Yeah. 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 Nice laps. Very hey, cool. thanks for being here. Right. <laughs> so, so oh five, you graduate high school. Yeah. You do any college, or you go straight into yeah, playing guitar? Yeah, I went. Um, oh, Oniana, you told Oneana us for I'm four sorry. years. Yeah, I went for the music industry program with the intention of doing that as my end goal. Mm-hmm. And I actually was, I flirted with the idea of doing Boston Berkeley. I went there for a summer semester, mm-hmm. but it just wasn't in the cards. Right. And my gut was telling me to go to Oniana. Mm-hmm. And I followed that and made a ton of friends there. Real cool experiences. Had some great teachers, great mentors, and um, you know the program did wonders. Mm-hmm. So, but it's it was one of those things where I you know you get what you put out of. Like, right. Sorry, you get into it, 
whatever the result's going to be. Right. So if you're doing the work, maybe maybe I said it wrong. I'm sorry. Oh, you mean that, you you get out of it when you put it into I'm, it. That's what I'm saying. I yeah. got you. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I was I was all about making sure that um you know I was on time for rehearsals, just listening to different things, exposing myself to different players and different music, and then once it was once school was over, it was like okay, let's let's get going. Dude, Oni- cool. Oniana has a really great music program. Now, I, I've heard from a lot of people, um, including Devin Seegers, who went to Oneana. Mm-hmm. Now, D- Devin, Tyler, all of my friends that I know that did go to Oneana are about my age as well. So you probably missed them by a year or two. Yeah. Um, but you may know them locally. They, I know the two of them went with intention on the music industry program and quickly realized that the uh, the job opportunities as you got out were rough, right? Yeah. So that so they realized maybe what I'll do is I'll explore music individually, but I will. You they went and got a. Uh, I believe my friend Devin got a degree in biology. Tyler got a degree in business, and it was this kind of. I I hear it over and over again. You know, it has good intentions, but it's not a great like. It's not a great accelerator into a career path. Did you have that same? situation or did you did you graduate with that degree yeah i did and i mean you ended up it would ended up working out pretty great for you yeah and, and actually the, the funny thing too was i had inadvertently sort of set the groundwork for my other career as being you know a, a concert production guy mm, yeah because mm-hmm. i was doing the shows there i was working behind the scenes and you know setting things up and then i got a job doing the you know the events at the school and you know putting those two together was actually yeah. in hindsight the right thing to do because so you kind of so. have to have different careers in this career. If you, if that makes sense. Yeah. It, well, you know what you're saying? You put in the work. That's what, it what is. you did. Yeah. You get you know, your foot like, in the door, yeah. you know, with, with the skills as a tech. And then, right. you know, you eventually get an opportunity to play maybe one gig as a guitarist or something they need to fill in. And then you perform and they're like, this guy, this guy's got, He's got chops. He's reliable. Okay, maybe opportunities come that way. Well, it's funny. It's funny how that happened. So I was doing production for um, Luke Bryan, and this would have been 2014 when I met this country singer named Chancy Neal. She was opening for Luke on his farm tour, Mm. and the crew had knew that I played guitar, but out there I was doing video production and that kind of thing. So it was it was very different. But it was so funny how a friend of hers who I had played with another artist was like, oh, hey, like, what are you doing here? I'm like, oh, I'm on I'm on the tour doing this, this, and that. And she turns to Chansey and goes, hey, Chansey, this is the guy I was telling you about. And she was like, oh, if I'd met you earlier, like, I would have hired you to be my guitar player for this show. And I'm like, ah, it's okay. Well, you know, whatever. It's great to meet you. And here's my info. Let's stay in touch. A year later, she calls me to do Luke's spring break show. And then we, her and I did the opening act on his farm tour in 2015 for two weeks. That's nuts. So it all comes down to who you know, yeah. how they know you, but like her friend Jordan that I had played with, she knew what I could do. Mm-hmm. So by mm-hmm. having, mm-hmm. you know, the exposure, yeah, it was like almost, you know, kind of a sort of a resume. If you were like, hey, listen, like this is, here you go. Yeah. Well, that's how that kind of works a yeah. lot in the music business is that yep. is your resume is how someone presents you to someone else who then totally. tells another person like, oh, yeah, I know this guy who does blah, 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 blah. Yep. He's so-and-so's friend, you know? Right. Yeah. It's, it's your attitude. That's what it comes down to. I mm. mean, that's, you know, the, one of the best things I was ever told by my first production manager was it's not who you know, it's how they know you. Amen. I love that bit. Where, let's take this back to sure. the beginning. Where did 
you first realized like, hey, I kind of want to look at music as a profession? Was that like a thing that you had as a kid? Like maybe it was like a dream and it developed over time. Was there like a specific moment in like adolescence or something where you were like, you know what? I really I think I could do that. I would say, so I remember very vividly playing my first open mic at Bailey's Cafe. It was a Sunday night in August. I want to say summer of 2003. You were wearing yellow shorts and... No, <laughs> no. Was, actually, no. I was wearing... Uh, the I moon I was, was just cargo right. Shorts. Dude, this is an important moment. You <laughs> so, remember stuff. All right, so, cool. yeah, the moon was like, just right as it hit... Right, yeah. yeah. But it was like my friends were kind of egging me on. It was fun, but like my leg wouldn't stop shaking. I was super nervous. I'd never played in oh, front yeah. of people. Mm-hmm. But once I did it, I kind of got like bit by the bug. I wanted to do it more. And I kind of was, it was good for me to sort of figure out like who I wanted to be. Mm. And I sort of realized early on, I'm not much of the performer, like artist kind of thing. I was better off at being a side guy. Right, you're not a, mm-hmm. you, you didn't see yourself as a front man. It it just it didn't feel it wasn't clicking. I, I struggled I, with it a little I mean? myself cuz I I I was putting a I was I was in a band where I was the front man and I I mm. still felt like there was so much for me to 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 grow. And there were so many things that I felt like I was doing wrong if I were to look back at videos of myself. I didn't know how to move. I didn't know yeah. how to like work a crowd yeah. whereas Kevin Miner. No, nah, I'm, I'm a big side guy, man. That's Kevin Miner is <laughs> no man. I'm a side man guy. I don't know. <laughs> but the thing that really kind of ultimately set it there was um, a family friend of mine named Maggie Doherty. Uh, our families have known each other forever, and she was, you know, she'd been singing all her life, and she would always come to the open mic. Her uncle Rick Bolton, who was hosting, it, would always play for. Her. And then there was this I got idea. Ask, sure, related to Michael Bolton. No. Okay. Bummer. <laughs> Bummer. But um. She Maggie had to do hats off in 2004 and someone came up with the idea of like, hey, what if you two were to work together? And I was like, all right, let's give it a shot. So like I got a bunch of songs together and we started practicing and this became our duo. But that for me was like, hey, I enjoy doing this. Yeah, I enjoy working in this capacity where we're kind of playing off each other and we are putting something together and. It, everyone was enjoying it. And I kind of felt like for me too, I didn't have to do that whole like, I got to be on and try to entertain and do whatever. I could entertain via just playing guitar and then she would sing and sound great and then we would just build it up from there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's where kind of the thing it became of a, you know, this is what I want to do. Yeah, totally. Because I got very excited at the gig hustle. I loved putting the work into making our act sound really good. And then via in college, it was like I wanted to just jump into whatever I could. Yeah. And I think I actually got in trouble for actually having more like performance credits than I had actual like academic credits because I wanted to be a part of everything. I don't really recall, but I was just all about it, man. It was just I always wanted to do something. And I was just I was really hell bent on that. Let's dig into that a little bit. You you used two words there. You said hustle and you said work. Yes. And we've been talking about how you've, you've been putting the work in and people know you in a certain light. Is that like, has that been an intrinsic trait of yours? Like that, like anything that you get into, like you just, you put the work in, like, is that part of your personality archetype? Yeah. 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 Yep. Like you would say that's ingrained in you. It's just kind of natural. It's it's definitely ingrained in me too. And it's just, if I, if I'm interested in it, that actually kind of makes it, it furthers it, if you will. Yeah. Because like, especially with guitar playing, my first couple lessons were like, I just wanted to learn like Dave Matthews songs and kind of figure, but, you know, <laughs> Kevin loves Dave. Matthews. I just want to kind of do that stuff. But then I had a mentor that 
um, you know, he was at the open mic. His name was Danny Garcia. And he was like, hey, listen, I see a lot of really cool potential and what you can do. Oh, great. I want you to study with me. Let's, you know, let's try this out. Mm-hmm. And our first lesson was he gave me a map of the fretboard with all the notes on it. And that was my first thing I had to learn. Yep. And it's I, like basically scales. I, just he had to know the notes. It was it was a it was a map. Like this is if you don't know what third fret on the E string is a G. Like yeah, like if, if you don't know that stuff, then it's not really going to benefit you going forward. Right. And is our lessons were were great because it was like, here's how this works. Let's figure out the stuff in between. Mm-hmm. That's and cool. It was it was very productive. Yeah. So he he became like a mentor. Totally. Kind of showing you the ropes. And yeah. once again, you you like that kind of hustle like you yeah. as soon as you have that it's almost like um that's that's your obstacle that you see it and you're like yep that's mine that, like, that's yeah it's just a matter of i want to learn how it works and why yeah that's all dude and that's such a telling thing about people who are able to dig into a passion of theirs and in, right. in the outer world it's because that ingrained instinct of like i want to know how and why comes out into the thing that they want to practice and now and it's a very critical thing especially when you're a tech like you're a roadie you have to understand listen this isn't working yeah. why is it not working you got to troubleshoot you got to figure out what it is because guess what clock's ticking we got a show in you know a few hours yeah right, totally make it make it work now you've been a roadie you've been a techie when you it's go, one of, and, it's one of the same. Yeah, yeah. But when you, when you go and play for someone else, do you get your own tech? No, no. You do your not, own stuff. No, because my stuff is all it's all local in Nashville. So I do all I bring my own stuff. I set it all up. I do whatever. Oh, cool. Yeah. What's that like down in Nashville, man? Now that you're down there freelancing it's, all the time. Right like, now, it's not really going too well. <laughs> no, just just because of the pandemic. Hence why well, you're no, here. That's, yeah. that's why I laughed. I was like, well. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> Maybe no. in a non-COVID world. Pre, pre-COVID, what it, was that uh, like? Pre-COVID, it was really cool because there was um, a lot of singer-songwriters that were always doing stuff. And, you know, it's it's very exciting to meet different people and, like, listen to their music. But also, like, when you kind of have established yourself and you are working with, I guess, a steady group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what they're going to be doing, but also they want to include you mm-hmm. on new projects. Right. So that's really exciting too, because you're playing stuff that hasn't been exposed to anybody. Right. So you, so like it's very organic. That's the yeah. best way I can describe it. Yeah. Cause I, I, I haven't really done much of the whole lower Broadway thing too much. Mm-hmm. Um, when you it, say lower Broadway, what do you lower mean? Broadway? I mean like the actual, um, like the honky tonks, the downtown, like the touristy spot. Okay, of, yeah, of I'm, Nashville. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not familiar with Nashville. I've actually oh, never okay. been, but like, I, so I think if I've been. if you go downtown in Nashville, it's like where like uh, Legends Cafe, Rippies, you know, Roberts Western World. There's Tootsie's. It's like all on that. The strip. famous spots. The famous spots. Got yeah. It. So that's a lot of where like, a lot of where the you know the cover band stuff happens. But there's also Roberts, which I love, and it's like a country western bar, and it's like a lot of the session guys play there, and mm. it's it's great. And then once you get kind of outside of the actual downtown, you get into kind of these venues that, like the Bluebird, for example, that, you know, it's original artists that are coming and they're playing their stuff. Or you get someone that, you know, did a cut for this artist and they're playing cool. that song for them. So you get to hear this stuff. And it's like for the for people who are only kind of hearing these songs on the radio and then you hear the person who actually wrote it playing it in front of you, it's a whole, like, just amazing experience gosh nashville yeah i 
as as you might have heard, I had so many questions about Nashville from like from Troy because he sure. he loves it down there too. Yeah. So like, um, first of all, I'm really interested in like there's there's a transition period when you go from playing in a band, you know, playing shows on weekends when you're like finishing up high school and college and your parents can help you with the bills. Maybe you're living at home. Maybe you got a, a small part-time job. Yeah. And then there's that transition into, okay, I'm moving to Nashville. I have to pay my bills and be a touring musician. How does that work? How was it stressful? How long did it take you to get acclimated? Do you have a side job now, like a day job? What is that like? So uh, I'll start from the very beginning of that, which was I had decided to move in March of 2012. Mm. And I moved down there with just only a place to live. I had no job. Uh, I kind of just took whatever I had in my savings account and went down there. So by the time I paid my rent and just, I actually <laughs> had to get my car fixed. Oh no. As soon as I got down there and I'm just like, son of a bitch, this is not what I need right now. But I guess it's part of the experience. Uh-huh. Um, I was, I think at one point I was weighing a little more than my bank account. <laughs> so, um, but I, I found a job as a bus boy and as a delivery guy around town, I was delivering bottles of water and jugs of water. So that was cool for like learning the ins and outs and where to go. And you get familiar with the city. Right. Right. But, um, you know, and then once I wasn't doing any of those, I was, you know, I'd come home and I just would keep putting the word out there like, Hey, you know, guitar player just moved to town, uh, you know, looking to play with people, whatever kind of thing. And I was just taking whatever I could because you, you have to. Yeah, for sure. And then another, you know, Oneana connection here. One of a friend of mine that she had gone there her freshman year and I met her my sophomore year. She decided to move down to Nashville, pursue songwriting. Her name is Cassie Lynch. She's great. Her husband, David, was on the road with an artist named Rodney Atkins, and we all got to know each other, Cassidy and David, that is. And David called me up one day. He's like, Hey man, um, I know you've never been on the road. I know you've never probably done teching before, but we need a guitar tech. And, you know, let me talk to you about it. Let's go meet up somewhere and I'll just kind of run it down for you. Mm. So I was like, uh, okay. And he, you know, we met in this coffee shop. He runs the whole gig down for me. And I was like, wow, this could like, I didn't, I, I was excited, but I wasn't like, you know, jumping the shark just yet. Right. Yeah. I mean, cause that's a big step and it's, there's a lot of pressure and it's your first time. So you're probably feeling a little apprehensive. Well, it wasn't apprehensive. I just didn't want to count my chickens before they hatched. I wanted just like, Hey, listen, until I like signed something, right. like, mm. you know, but, but you're being smart about it. Had to be smart about it. Yeah. But then a couple days later I got a call from David and he's like, Hey, we're going to take you on this, this little run here. And I was like, Oh shit. Oh, we're doing this. We're doing this. <laughs> So, okay. So I go to the Italian restaurant that I was working in. I go, hey, I, I got to leave. Like, well, what's going on? I, I, got, I, got a, I got a job. I'm going on tour. It's like, <laughs> he's like, oh, that, that's awesome. Like, that, great. Go, go for it. Go get out of here. Can I get some <laughs> tickets? That's yeah. great. That's no, got to no, be. No, I didn't get that, which is funny. But like my whole brain shifted into like, okay, I got to get this yeah. going now because like, you know, it was, it was go time. Totally. Yeah. And I bet you in that area, they probably see that a lot. I mean, at, at least fairly often, you people who move to that town, kind of in the same way people move to like L.A. to pursue film um, or, or theater, they must have people working in restaurants. And at yeah. some point, you get a person who's like, I got a call. I'm going, you know, and they're like, dude, good for you. Yeah. Good luck. 
Yep. yep. You know. Well, and in Nashville, that like that's got to be the town where yeah. that, like you know like I I was ready for you to be like. He he just responded. You're the third dishwasher we've lost this year <laughs> to, to tours. No, but it's it's it, it was really cool, and you know I still kept my other job as a, um, a delivery guy because Nashville tours are weekend warrior style. So we would leave on a Wednesday, you go out for shows Thursday, Friday, Saturday, come back Sunday. So that left you know a couple days for me to at least you know earn some extra money on the side. Tell mm-hmm. me you would get back on Sunday and do deliveries. No, because we, okay. we did deliveries during the week. <laughs> I was gonna say that's nah, like no nah, Sunday was Sunday was for football. You like get home and you're like you're like all right, I guess I gotta go <laughs> deliver get these some pies water. to someone. Yeah, yeah. Hey, who needs water? You need water today? Yeah, right. Oh my god, <laughs> I, was like, I was like the Bobby Boucher of uh, delivering water. Were you? <laughs> the you gotta go fast. Oh, I was. I was. Yeah, I was pretty efficient at getting that stuff done all too. Right. But it was like kind of funny because like my <laughs> this this is funny. Okay, <laughs> so um. Nashville is home to the Tennessee Titans for you NFL football fans out there. Um, and Not the Colts, because that's on the car outside. Well, they come, <laughs> they, they come to town to play, which I is know, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so my last day there, before I decided to do the full-time touring thing, was I had to go deliver to the Tennessee Titans complex. I had to go to the offices. I go into the kitchen. And then like my last spot was the training room facilities and all that stuff. So I'm like, all right. I, cool. wa- I walked in there. I looked like someone's lost little brother. Yeah, <laughs> right. Everybody else. They, there's like these like athletes, these freaks of nature that are just like jumping on boxes that are like 10 feet tall. And they're like, you know, bicep curling tree trunks. And I'm just like, all right, well, I'm here to deliver your water. You guys, you guys want, want some high quality? H2O? You guys want to get thirsty? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just like, I was yeah. like, I was like that guy. And I'm Hello. like, I'm like, I work out too, but I'm, oh going, my God. I'm going, damn, I need to, I just realized you need to kind of get better at this. Right. I just have to, I have to let you know, I totally didn't get your Bobby Boucher reference. Yeah, I did it. Ricky yeah, Bobby. <laughs> you said Bobby Boucher. I did Bobby Ricky Boucher. Bobby. I, God damn it. Damn it. I messed up. That's okay, Kev. No, You're, it's not. It, I'm out. No, it's I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Kev. <laughs> but, um, the main thing too, like I said earlier was like, it's how they know you kind of thing. Yeah. Because so, I teched for uh, Roddy Atkins as a you know for the guitar thing for yeah. a month, and what I didn't really know was that I was kind of like a stopgap because they were looking for another guy. So I was just kind of like in oh. place to keep the ship moving. So I got quote unquote fired. It wasn't really a firing based on like you know performance, performance or, or nothing. Yeah. They're just like, hey, listen, like thanks for getting us through. Yeah but we got to let you go for this other guy who's been doing it for a longer time. And I was like really distraught about it. I was like, you know, I'll admit like I was crying in the back of this tour bus. Cause like, Oh, like I just had my taste of something. Right. And you got to rip. And away. now I'm like, you know, whatever. But my production manager like, just said to me straight up, he goes, we loved what you did out here though. And we want to get you back. You just got to give us maybe a month before the next run starts and we'll get you out here and true to their word. I got rehired and that, I did the rest of that year of 2012 with them and then 2013. Oh, that's, that's amazing. Great. And you and, know, and I was doing lights and video for them too. They're like, Hey, listen, like, I know you don't know this stuff. And I go, I don't care. Let's like, I'll figure it out. Totally. Well, there I, it is. I bet you there it is, right? Whatever it is, whatever you want me to do, I'll learn. And you, and you yep. dove into it. Yeah. I mean, in that industry too, it, you can't always say that your, you know, your production manager didn't lie to you. I feel like a lot of, you know, sometimes there's not, he was a lot. very straight up, straightforward with me. That's, that's great. Yep. You, you know, you, I would, 
I don't know from experience, but I would imagine based on what I've heard about that industry and a lot of those types of industries, you know, people take what they can get out of you and sometimes they don't, you know, stick to their words. So that's really great. It's a business. Exactly. It, de- it depends kind of what the tour is too. Yeah. So. Totally. You, you must think looking back on that now though, that even if they never called you back, those months of you touring were experience that you could put on a quote unquote resume that absolutely would ha- that still moved the the ball forward for right. you. So that's yeah. great. Yep. Um, I want to know. Let's let's actually segue quickly. We usually we do two segments in this podcast. The first is usually in the beginning. I actually like to bookend them, but we we got we got fired. We were firing on all cylinders. We jumped right in, and I just wanted to keep <laughs> it going. The here fir- we are. The f- here we are. The first question is what's in your mug uh what's in my whatever you just made downstairs exactly <laughs> uh, it's a trick question because you don't even know it's got to answer his own question yeah, see, what's in you. his mug matt why I'll are you torturing you. our guests I, on I, the I know it's caffeine because this that's is, what the cup says this yeah. is the new segment <laughs> that uh matt has created called i'm gonna make you guess what i made you <laughs> can no, you matt. taste oh, wait, hold on i think it was was it the bag that's right here just, next to me because i think i just read i think it's what uh Per, yeah, crew coffee, Peru. Yeah, it's a Peruvian coffee. That's yes. ve- that's a very uh, you have a very astute palate to be able Oof. to pick up the country of origin like that. <laughs> Taste buds, man. So this thing, all right. So I'll tell you a quick little bit. This coffee is really cool. Um, Luke picked it out, and he felt that it was really special because at origin, um, producing farms can sometimes create cooperatives where right. they kind of come together and combine their 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 crop. Um, and this cooperative was started in 1969, um, by the Cordova, Cordova Colunche family. Um, their mission, one of their biggest missions was gender equality in coffee, trying to increase the, um, the womanhood in coffee. That's great. And, uh, to this day, they kind of stick by that word. They're also really into like enhancing the quality of their community and, and kind of taking, the I would imagine taking the, the the money and the technology that that comes from this business and empowering the rest of their community because I mean I don't know much about that area of Peru but I can imagine that there are probably people in need that benefit from that business being there. I know exactly about that area of Peru. What you just said. That's right? what I know, and that's as far as I know. Yeah. <laughs> and I know it because you know this is the coffee. Yeah, yeah. It, t- natu- it tastes great. It's it's it a great, it's dude. a great yeah. coffee. It is great. I actually, oh my god, you'll you'll appreciate this. I so I train with an old friend of ours that we used to play music with, um, and I was at his house the other day, and I made him a couple of cups of coffee because he was asking, he's like, hey, I want to have better coffee. Yeah, what do sure. I do about this? And a lot of people, like, they just view coffee as like, it's the conduit for caffeine so they feel less tired in the morning. Yeah. You know? And that's where, where he's coming from. He's like, I want to have better coffee. So I made him, um, he has actually a Keurig and I, but he has one that has like a pot. So I made oh, like yeah, a pot yeah. of coffee. Yeah. But I, I dished it out. Like I actually weighed it out properly and like told him why I was doing that and why it was ground a certain way. And like, he was like, wow, this is way better than any cup that I've ever had. And I was like, yeah, just wait. And I yeah, made like yeah. a Chemex after that, <laughs> like this. And I was like, all right, here you go. And I gave him that. He's like, he sat back and his eyes were wide. He was just like, oh, oh my God, I didn't know coffee could be like this. And I was like, this is why I do what I do. This man. is it. Yeah. The biggest substantial difference that I, can that I get from coffee that's made in like a Chemex that you take a little more time with um, 
is the body is so different. Like yeah. light roasted coffee like this. And I, and I have a really great perspective on this in this moment because I just came from work and I had no coffee with me that I brought from <laughs> here. All I had was um, the Folgers that sits on the pot for four hours. Did you drink Folgers this I morning? I drank fucking Folgers. And you're alive still. I'm fine. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I'm fine. It you was it. it was fine, but the biggest substantial difference is the body and the finish. It it kind of light co- light roasted coffee sometimes drinks like tea. Yeah. If you if you have a lot of experience drinking tea, the the body the mouth feels a little lighter, mm-hmm. um, and that to me already adds a substantial amount of value because it's not it doesn't coat your your palate and and sit there and feel bitter it's it's a nice refreshing cup yeah one of the things that i'm really digging into lately in my own little coffee adventures and now that thank god i'm back in the warehouse space i'm able to kind of like do it on my own while i've got like other things going on but there's not necessarily anything i have to have my hands on at work i can actually like take the time to go okay how am i affecting the body and then i'm also kind of like in my own mind i'm focusing on texture oh are you brewing coffee in the warehouse oh yeah well i have power i have water we have like all the filters that we need to make all the beautiful cold brew that we make all the time that's true you know so like i'm i have all of the equipment there that i need to have to make good coffee and i've i've been kind of like taking a little bit of time to really focus on i haven't had anything that i want to share with anybody yet because like i'm just like making notes in my notebook like a little mad scientist slash kid playing with play-doh you know and like uh, the one thing that I did notice is I've been able to I- increase my enjoyment in coffee via experimenting with texture itself. And one of the things that I want to get into that James Hoffman covered on a YouTube video I just watched was uh, the the cloth filters. I feel like I that's the next step. Those too. I yeah. just watched that. That's the next step, man. <laughs> Sorry. It, it, you, hard to care for. You know. Once again, you're putting here. Let's round the Uh-oh. let's round the conversation back. Rounding out. Here's the thing, and this is what I liked about you Kevin's, sa- like Kevin's you perched. putting the work in. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin's perched right now. Here's what I liked about you saying like about us talking about putting the work in. Yeah, is like that's exactly what good coffee is about. Is putting the work in. Right. You actually have to enjoy putting in the work to get something that you're going to enjoy out of it. You're yeah. going to get what you put into it. And well, and another thing you said too, um, and especially like with this whole pandemic thing, there's been a lot of time for me to kind of go back and just like evaluate my playing, evaluate a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So like what you were just saying, you're experimenting, like you're playing with Play-Doh, you're trying different things out. What's well, like, yeah. you know, it, people that you see, like the really good guitar players or the drummers or the real singer songwriters, like they had to go through a lot of trial and a lot of error. Oh yeah. They wrote stuff they didn't like. They played stuff that didn't really work, but they worked on it. Yep. It's like the same thing. If you're like a pro athlete, you, you go and watch film for a reason, right? Because you want to say, I don't want to make that mistake again, or here's something that I did, but I could probably do it a little bit better next time. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's, you know, that's the thing that I encourage is, you have to have that honest conversation with yourself of the trial and the error and let yourself maybe fail a little bit yep. for the bigger picture of a success. 100%. Are you experimenting with different uh, either techniques, scales, uh, genres of music? Um, I re- Oh my God, this was the... I lo- this was like yesterday, yesterday? Yesterday or the day before, I reworked my right-hand picking technique and it feels so fucking good. That's sick. It's so like... Really? Yeah, I watched this video on pick slanting because I was like kind of getting really 
I was in this little plateau with some some things, uh-huh. and I watched this thing, and I just saw like a very just, you know, it wasn't even really about like playing notes. It was just here's how you should hold your hand a little bit differently, and then I did it, and I'm like, oh my god, your dexterity that, shot that, through that, the roof. That, that's it. Yeah. Now everything is like that was a one little thing I was kind of missing there because yeah. I was working on a lot of these other different exercises that are a little bit more complicated and technical, but there was something that was kind of lagging, mm. and I'm like, all right, let me go reevaluate one hand and then go reevaluate the other hand because you have two of them. Right. Yeah. So isn't that crazy? Cause that's such a subtle thing. You think like somebody who doesn't play guitar often, or maybe who doesn't play guitar to, to your level, they might think you just practice scales a lot. You learn songs and maybe you do some, you know, some, some dexterity, uh, you know, exercises or whatever, but you're, but it's, it's sometimes, you know, to, to get over a certain hump to stop a plateau, it's, very small, minute changes That's it, yeah. that make a hell of a difference, and you can you can obviously relate that to what we're talking about with coffee, yeah. or with sports, or with literally anything else. It's the 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 minor tweaks once you get up to your level. But you have to have you have to have that permission to tell yourself, "Hey, look, I'm not doing well here." Mm-hmm. And I it's need hard. to fix that. Yeah, yeah. you have that's, to. That's you have to it. Start with an honest conversation, that, and that's and that's, that's it. Honest inward that's reflection. It. Yeah, and then say, okay. What work do I have to do to get away from the thing that I don't want and make what I do want? You know, or like, or just break a bad habit. That yeah. was it. Like, hey, I realized I was doing maybe this thing. Mm-hmm. Well, let me not do that. Or even just like I've been going back and just you know relearning songs I used to play with people and just playing them differently. Like, hey, wait a minute, I'll try this instead of that. Yep. Yeah. And then what's kind of funny is like the way my brain works. I've almost like erase that old way of doing it and now like this is the new way like yeah, yeah, this, yeah. this is the way yeah the way <laughs> this is the way all right mandalorian all right now uh one thing that i i i like to use especially when i'm talking about coffee because people seem to get the analogy is like it, and it works with anything it, you're what you're doing is you're wiring a new language into your brain like totally everything has its own language yeah guitar has its guitar technique is a language right and your brain is learning it actively and sometimes you're mispronouncing something and you need to relearn that pronunciation you know or just correct it and obliterate the old one um actually funny funny thing um the never mind that's totally a non sequitur i was okay you're you're a guitar player and now i'm like i've been totally listening to this new protest the hero album and it's called palimpsest and it's all about well like, we do have we, i mean we we'll get there we'll get there we'll get there that's our I'm, second segment I'm which is oh. what's your jam we'll get there yeah we'll <laughs> get there um so you're up here right now i'm up here right now yeah just for like a little while kind of like yeah i mean thing. yeah i mean you know my my uh, the, the tours that i was supposed to be on have been canceled and everything oh like the God. whole industry has just been everything is canceled. everything crushed. you know it's been crushed it's yeah. it's really yeah. It's we're, a very dark time. We're just now starting to see the 2021 dates. Yeah. Have you seen those popping up here I, and there? I, I have. Here and, and there, they're like, yeah. and it's like, it's like a sigh of relief. You're like, oh, thank God, it's actually going to come back, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's just, Hopefully. it's been very tough for, for me and other people that I've worked with because it's just, it happened so fast. Yeah. It really did. Yeah. We were, we were so certain that it was, you know... What, what did what did Donald Trump say it was just going to disappear? It was just it, it was just going to go he away. He he literally did he say that. He literally said it's, it's just going to disappear. Yeah, he's like, we don't need to shut down. It's just going to disappear. Remember, <laughs> dude, in in March, <laughs> dude, in like early March, he was like, by Easter, we're going to be back open. It's already invisible. It's a it's it's, it's a little tiny. It's you know very, micron yeah, particle. You can't see like it. it's. 
Well, it's I not real. It's going to disappear. Ooh, I'm going to get it, a footprint. Yeah, right it now. was just, it was wild, man. Like, because I got back into the States on in late February and I had this, this break before my next bit of work. Yeah. And that's when it just all oh, shut man. down. At least you were able to hang here. You, you didn't have to figure out how are you going to get home? I have to fly, you know, during a, during the coronavirus. Well, we, we were in a couple like countries that had a little bit of the hot spots. Like Ooh. we were like, we were in Italy, for example. And I had to like, and my job on that tour, I was the band's like personal assistant and production assistant too. Mm-hmm. Oh, whoa. So I would have to go and wrangle up guests and get a bunch of people. So I was in contact with a lot of people. So when I got home, I was like, all right, I'm going to, just quarantine no, <laughs> 14 days. before it became a, a word i was like all right i'm just gonna isolate yeah You're like, I, i'm gonna hang out it. with just no people say, uh, whatever that's how called. i'm feeling in a week and a half <laughs> like, yeah, yeah and it, but then you know every nothing you know luckily, luckily. nothing came about but right. I, I you know but still like um once everything did happen like i my touring friends were like you know hey we're i'm getting sent home and i'm like what'd you do he goes oh, i didn't do anything <laughs> He's like, I'm like, okay, then why are you getting sent home? And he goes, oh, we're all getting sent home. I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? He goes, they're, they're canceling the tour, man. And this is like, yep. mid, this is mid-March. Yeah, that's wild. So I had friends that were over in Europe that got flown home. Oh, and yeah. The States that got flown home. And I'm just like, and it was, it, it still is for, you know, for us in the, in the entertainment industry with the, the concert part of it, we don't know. Oh, no. no you know, no. like Cirque du Soleil just filed bankruptcy. Broadway still shut down until 2021. Yep. So it's very like it, it is very disheartening. It's very scary. It's frustrating. Yep. And the one thing that you know is, I guess, optimistic is like what you're saying. Like you're seeing these 2021 dates, which I'm praying to God. You know, hopefully we can get past this and you know move on. Get there. But get there. Yeah, not only we gotta are, get there. We gotta get there. Excuse me. I, I always have to clear my throat. I got to talk to a doctor. Talk to your doctor if you have to clear a throat for more than four hours. I blame Four Loco. You, it's all the Four Loco you, you drank. You think all the Four Loco the I drank in high That's school and college? I'm only saying that because Ben and I were Wait, talking Wait, did you have Four Loco? Yes, like the OG, the OG. The OG. Yeah, yeah, the OG. The Rolling Blackout. Oh, we kind. all did. Yeah. Rolling Blackout. <laughs> yeah, we all did. Back in the... Uh, the trainer guy that oh, I was yeah, talking yeah, about, yeah. we were reminiscing yesterday and we were like, we're pretty sure like when we reach a certain age, we're going to see an advertisement on TV that's like, did you drink Four loco in your early 20s and now you're impotent? You might be entitled to a settlement. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I drank four, I drank four logos and I got this brain tumor. Yeah, yeah pretty yeah. much. Like something, like something's going to go wrong. Anyway, no. I, I just want to finish the thought. Yeah, um, finish it. Which is, you know, we, we in this room, uh, as as musicians or or former musicians or whatever, you know, we have a love for for music that's that I would say is in in a lot of ways unmatched by a lot of people. That being said, you're not the only person who is dying for like for this to go away so that they can go to a concert. I have a feeling that when when everything is all said and done, when we get a vaccine and we're able to open up and go back to quote unquote normal. Right. I think new normal. I think that's the phrase, right? That's not a phrase I'm using. Okay. All right. When we go back to normal, I think there will be a surge of people who are so thrilled to get out of their house Mm -hmm. to go see something Mm -hmm. and be around people. I think you're going to have more. I think you're going to have more sold out shows. I think you're going to have sold out concert venues outside. Like, you know, SPAC has the lawn. Do they even have a maximum a maximum capacity for the lawn? Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Oh yeah, duh. Yeah, you of yeah. course you have SPAC shows sold out. Yeah. Yeah. Fish Fish has done that multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. Dave yeah. Matthews does it. Dave Matthews all, all the time. time. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Every time he's here. Uh-huh. I'm gonna cut this out because that sounded like the I am an oh, I'm a Saratoga OG and I didn't know that Dave Matthews sells no, out. No, I think you just forgot. I think I forgot. You don't have to cut it out. You just forgot for a second. It's okay. <laughs> like, well, because when you think about I it, you're forget. like, oh, it's so big. Like, you could just flood it with people. <laughs> yeah. But no, they the the capacity is designated by the local fire department. Yeah. Like the fire marshal. The fire state, marshal comes you know, in and like, says, what's so, up? Yeah, there's some oversight on it. But like, as normal people, like as people who attend concerts, we're not like thinking... Like we think, oh, you could fill up literally every foot with people, but you can't. Right, because yeah. I think indoors you have a, a clearly a limited amount of space. Yeah. And well, you like want to be like able to Times Union capacity. Arena, you can't. You know, that it's all a sign. You know, that's that it they is what it is. Sign, up there. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. Okay. Times Union is what it is. Yeah, totally. Yep, and that. But that's the cool thing about amphitheaters, though, is that like, it is a party out there. Totally. Yep. That's where you want to be. Yeah. Next summer, you want to be out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and that, that's another thing about SPAC, too, that, like, you know, to add to what, you know, you were saying is, like, there's a lot of people who aren't even in the main concert venue that are just chilling out, listening to the concert anyway. Oh, I used to do that all the time. You yeah. ever, like, decide, you know, you're, you're with your girlfriend, you didn't get tickets to a show, but you want to go listen. You can sit outside the gate, you know, near, like, the right. Hall of Springs. And exactly. Still do that. Yeah. Yeah, my, so my cool. parents did it all the time. I think they did it for, like, I remember the one of the last times they did it, they saw the police there. They just rode their bikes over. My mom was like, oh, hey, they're police. That's cool. I'm like, oh, Very cool. Yeah. sweet. Yeah. That was, like, 2009, I think. All members? All the members? Yeah, it was when they were doing wow. that 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 tour. It was like summer two thousand eight to like two thousand nine or ten. I think. Well, you know what you know what is good about this time. Um, go, kind of bringing the conversation back around to where sure. we were. Uh, you know, we're talking about how it's it's unfortunate, and we're seeing the twenty twenty one. We're we're in this. We're, there's still a little bit of uncertainty, and that's that's okay. We're like I think as, as people were learning to deal with it right now, and as professionals and people who work like i do theater i do yeah i still do music and stuff like that right um we're finding ways to adapt for the time being yes and we're hopeful for the future now right. you know we're kind of like we're, we've gone through that stage of grieving where we were like oh my god the world is ending we can't do anything everybody's going to be inside forever i yeah. hate everything that's in my house right now it makes me feel like life sucks right but, and like we're finally coming out on the other side and I was just in a Zoom reading of a TV pilot oh, yesterday. Cool. Nice. Yeah, and they did it over Zoom because you can't get a bunch of people together right. and like yeah, have yeah. people go, "Hey, how's this pilot sound?" But it was cool because people are like learning, and we had like cues, like, "Hey, if you see yourself coming up on the next page, and like right. your introduction's coming, turn." your screen on, turn your mic on, oh, get ready okay. to go. So like everybody else is muted and their screen's off. And I actually, I, I watched it this morning. It was pretty good. It came out good. That's great. Yeah, it's cool. And then for people who are playing music, like it's been live stream stuff. Coming back to yeah. what you were saying too, though, like if you're willing to put in the work right now, and put yourself into a position where, like, maybe you've got some better picking technique under your belt. It's, maybe yeah, you've learned some stuff, new yeah. styles, some new genres, like a a new like instrument that you wanted to play. You right. made yourself more versatile. You've learned more of the how and the why. When you come back out into the normal or the new normal or wherever we are, you're going to have that reward because learning right. is a painfully rewarding process. Totally. You have to go through the pain of learning, be honest with yourself, yep. see where you're failing, and then you're rewarded for it later. Like you don't see the reward there. Like we're looking no. at 2021, we're like that's the thing that we want, but we have to put in the work right and get there. You have to. And it's like um you, like to what you were saying too, um 
just like uh, trial and error kind of stuff, and also like like it's a painful it's a painful process. Mm-hmm. Like whether it's physically, yeah. emotionally, mentally, like it's it it's gonna suck a little bit here and there, but it's, big time. It is so worth it once you get it all together. Exactly. It sucks to fail, but if we it don't does. fail, we don't grow, and all that cliche you know well if you're gonna fail fail forward all, all that cliche oh, we all know the cliche i don't have to say it <laughs> yeah. you know that, well yeah. you know I'm, I, you can say it uh, you know what i love what i love this isn't even cliche i love the um the idea of kintsugi that's oh, yeah yeah kintsugi i love kintsugi yeah. that's yeah. so that's a death cab for cutie record i don't know if you're a fan of death cab but they came out of the record in uh, 2012 or something 2015 uh and the theme of the record was kintsugi, which is a, a it's a Japanese form of like mending broken pottery, but they use like melted gold to oh, wow. to mend it so it becomes more valuable than it was before it was broken. That's pretty neat. And you can apply that to your life. Isn't that cool? Right? <laughs> pretty sweet. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Such a cool concept. It's Thanks, so cool. Japan. Japan. <laughs> and and the other thing too is like especially with the the downtime right now it's like you know always you know check in with people at least see how they're doing mm-hmm. cuz networking in the music industry is that's really kind of how you get work. Mm. And mm-hmm. the best example I can share of that was um I got called to work locally for a show at the Bridgestone Arena downtown. This is in Nashville. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there is like from a, a studio, uh, not a studio, a stage crew called Rhino. They're really good. They do a bunch of different corporate stuff, live concerts, you name it. And they're like, hey, listen, we need help for the for the call on this show. Uh, are you free on, on May 9th? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm free. Sure. Cool. Yeah. No, no, no dates. I'm like, I got a break. Let's go for it. So I'm just kind of like, oh, I wonder what show it's going to be. As I, you know, search it up. It's Justin Timberlake. I'm like, oh, this is... That's pretty badass. This is pretty cool. Yeah. So I'm like, this is exciting. So I, you know, the day, morning of, I walk in there. They assign me to the, you know, video department. I'm helping those guys out. And mm-hmm. uh, all of a sudden, I got kind of singled out. And they're like, hey, uh, you're you're Rossi, right? They, they call me by my last name. Right. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, hey, listen, um, we got kind of word of you through another guy that we used to work with. Um, how committed are you to the current tour that you're on? And I'm like, why do you ask? And he, it, my crew chief, uh, well, soon to be crew chief, Johnny Moore goes, well, we need to fill in a spot on this crew. We're looking for people. You've been working with us all day. Um, we're going to kind of, you know, talk this out a little bit, but we might make you an offer. And I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. Like, great. Once again, I'm like, I'm not going to get excited. I'm just going to keep doing my thing. Half hour later, Johnny pulls me over, goes, Hey, listen, uh, we're probably going to take you. And I'm like, Oh shoot. Okay. Hour after that, this guy from the the company that the vendor, uh, solo tech, his name was Lee Morrow, gives me a contract and goes, Hey, you in? And I'm like, okay, Cool. So I had to, I signed to join that tour and I had to quit the other tour that I was on, but I couldn't say no to this opportunity, but it all comes back down to, I had worked with somebody that had a really good, you know, uh, understanding of who I am, what I do, Mm -hmm. and they were able to recommend me. 
And that's what it comes down based to. on your commitment to your work and your, you know, the, it's Being all a about, good hang and all that stuff. Yeah. 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 It, it's, it's a, it's a networking interpersonal thing and it's also a hard work thing and those things totally. come together and there's sometimes some serendipity, but I would say a lot it was of it. Very, very serendipitous. It was um, crazy. What was it about? So you, you, you filled in on, on a, a, a show for, I was working locally. So, yeah. when, so whenever a show comes to town, there's the touring personnel then there's a local crew and the yeah. local crew will help like load the trucks and load the gear with the, you know, the touring personnel and just, they kind of, they help the day go along Yeah, and they're very valuable no matter where you go. Right. Mm-hmm. So what was it about this contract that was more appealing than the other contract? It, I, it was a, it was number one, the artist. Cause I was like, wow, I never would expect. So you be- followed Justin Timberlake around. Yeah. yeah he, he, it was, I, I was going from. Luke Bryan to Justin Timberlake. Yeah, I'd pay, I'd, I'd take that pick too. <laughs> well, That's fucking amazing. But, but the thing was, I was with Luke for four years uh-huh. at that point, and which was, and he's great. He was super awesome as a boss. He was great to me, but you know, it was it was timed. I was actually thinking of like, well, I got to kind of you know f- see if there's anything else I can do. And then when this was literally dropped into my lap, I couldn't say no. Absolutely. And they were like, hey, listen, your first show's over in Paris in July. Enjoy your, you know. Whatever wow. I, fin- I finished out the Luke tour, got my you know my affairs in order there, and then I had like maybe a week off, and then I did the European run with JT, and then we came back, did the US run, and then that was it for me there, and then I went on to do Dream Theater from March of 2019 to this past February. So you've nice. hung out with Justin Timberlake, or and- I, I hung hang out. Not, I, we've inter- we've him. interacted. Right. Yes, <laughs> we, I mean, that's, a, that's a huge leap, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you we, know, you're working had, for Justin think Timberlake. Of how many people run the crew for Justin Timberlake? Probably though, like, a lot. Yeah, it was, my, it, was my, a, it was a very big. It was a very big show. A very my big understanding operation. of it is like, like nothing. So. <laughs> I, I'm just imagining. So like, Justin Timberlake's <laughs> your favorite. You guys are best friends now. I'm just imagining this version of like Justin Timberlake. He's like, all right, cool. You're part of the crew. You get 15 seconds with me, and then we're moving on to the next one. There's like a thousand of you guys. No, like, it was, <laughs> no, it was actually kind of funny. We were over in uh, England. We were watching the World Cup, and he just kind of sidled up right next to me, and I'm just like, oh, cool. Uh, Hi, hey, I'm I'm the new guy. I'm Zach. He's like, oh, hey, man, like you know, good to meet you. This, this, and that, and you know, we just it was like a quick, you know, just a, how do you do sort of thing. And yeah, then he totally. had to go get ready for showtime and walks away. And then in my head, I'm just like, this is wild. I used to yeah. dance to bye bye bye, and now you're paying me, right? This yeah, is this right? crazy. Yeah, you shook his hand <laughs> and you're like on his team. I mean, but he, and he's a very he's an awesome performer. Like the amount of focus and execution that he does night in and night out for that show is. Oh my god! It's, it's the real deal. Crazy. He's committed. All those guys are. He's putting in the work. He, he's putting there in a it lot is. of work. It comes back around. Putting in the work. Well, and that's what. Okay, that's like the big thing. And I, I've actually I've talked with a lot of people about this because, at, like, correct me if I'm wrong. There's a huge culture of like motivation right now, right? There's a lot of people that talk about motivation on a day day in day out basis, and they just kind of like they they make it rote, like they make it something that they just say. They're like, oh yeah, I gotta have the motivation, like and like. That's easy. Notice my body language. I've sat backwards as I said that. I'm doing my impression. You're puffing the chest. Yeah, I'm like, (laughs) I gotta do the motivation. But there's so many people that say that, and there's very few people who are focused on the diligence aspect. You know, motivation gets you the starting block. Right. Right? But you were motivated to play guitar. You're motivated to learn things. You're motivated to want to know the how and why. But it's the diligence and the hard work and the honest conversations that get you to where you want to be. Well, but you also have to take the risk. That's yeah. that's the bottom oh, line was I took the risk of I left my home of 25 years at that point in Saratoga to just jump into a whole different state and a whole different city and a whole 
different side of my career, which I had no idea what was going to happen. But that's the thing. I took that risk. And I kind of said to myself, if it doesn't work out after a year, at least I tried. Yeah. Yeah. And we're lucky enough that we can all, we, we have the ability to say, I can always move home. You know, yes. and my parents will will basically, you know, I, I have moved home. I've like taken risks yep. and then moved back home for a little while. Me too. Right. And, and mm-hmm. my, you know, your parents welcome you with open arms and that's not something that everybody can say. So that's that's a little bit of gratitude for the, gratitude. For the podcast. Yeah, we're absolutely. We're all about gratitude here. Grateful yeah, for totally. Um, so, I mean, I have still so many questions. I mean... Okay, hold on. Let me let me yeah, let sure. me quickly ask this. Good. Um, you were you were just so nonchalant about how you know you kind of just you dropped your old contract. You started this contract with JT, and then you got on a plane and went to Paris. Was that your first time in Europe? First time in Europe. Were you terrified? Were you what it, were you? You know what I mean? Like, That's big. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, and you know, it, it was definitely because a lot of emotions happened. I was leaving a gig that I was on for four years, so I had kind of built like a brotherhood with my former crewmates and stuff, and we're all still friends, which is awesome. But we went through a lot of really good times, a lot of bad times out there, and that's kind of just normal with any sort of job and yeah. whatnot. Um, so that was kind of a hard goodbye, but I got a, a ton of support on my new endeavor, which was amazing. Uh, and but the transition was kind of funny because I was kind of like. Number one, I overpack and I kind of like double overpack. So I wasn't going to, you know, I, like how much underwear am I going to run out of on, on this thing? You, <laughs> you know, didn't know yeah. I, I, you packed like they didn't have underwear in Europe. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they, only, they only wear thongs in Europe. I can't do that. Right. But the, then, the, but the other part of it was like, it was like the new kid in school type vibe for me. Cause I'm just like, all right, I don't know anybody here. I'm going to a whole different continent. I'm, you know, I, I just had to kind of sort of, you know, just a lot, lot to process, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know what? It was so rewarding and it was so awesome because like there was, you were in Europe with Justin Timberlake. Well, yeah, you're, <laughs> but, but here's the, but here's the thing. Get it, man. No. no, it was like this though. It was going from, okay, I'm excited to go over. I'm there. I'm here. Then all of a sudden it was like, okay, game time. Right. Yep. Right. It's like, okay, cool. But we got to get to work here because I had, I had to learn a whole different, skill set for this and then i also had to learn the show so like my oh, first yeah. so like my first night was you know we had um we had a rehearsal day so we set everything up i went through like kind of what my routine was gonna be for mm-hmm. setting up stuff and making sure like this camera worked and this cable was this and blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. and then it was my director going okay here's the show and i had to go like back to my hotel room and watch it like oh, and, yeah. and, and learn like what my cues are because like for for a lot of people who don't understand like how kind of like the directing and video aspect of a show works, there's a mm-hmm. script for the most mm-hmm. part. There's the, mm-hmm. we want this shot here. We want this, this and that. There is a little bit of improv depending on the moment because there can be some spontaneity if someone from the crowd is having a good time or if the artist is like, you know, in like a mood for something really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's a script at the, at the end of the whole thing. So you have to learn like, like what you were saying about your, you know, your table read. Yep. You get, that's it. Like, when am hey, I coming in? This is it. Yeah. Like, hey, get like you know, hey, come, you're camera five coming in. Camera three, you're up. Like that kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And right. You, and it's gotta. And it goes back to what I was saying about even if you're playing in a band, same thing applies with if you're a part of a crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially in that department. Oh yeah. You have to make sure that that's not missing any of what's happened before. You have oh, to just yeah. be just. It's still smooth. Well, and that's like that's the crazy. A lot of people don't think about this, but like, so there's there's like. They're singer songwriters. 
Yep. There's artist entertainers. And then there's people like Justin Timberlake. And I think part of the reason that so many people are so wowed by him, he's a singer, songwriter, entertainer. Totally. And there's that theatrical element of to the, the show. show. Totally. And that's why you have a crew. You know, it's not like you're going to go see like, you know, your favorite band who's playing at like Warp Tour and they're just getting on and their roadies like plug them in and everything comes right. up to level and then they do their set and they kind of do whatever they want while they're on stage and they go off. Yeah. No, it's Justin Timberlake and like that piano has to rise out of the center of the stage <laughs> and the right <laughs> camera has to come on at the right moment yeah, or yeah. else like piano's going to be rising and all that's going to be on the screen that well, the crowd's watching is like a black screen. So we, we had a shot that I had to do when I was running handheld and it was kind of funny. So like the stage was, um, we had a main stage, we mm. had a, a middle stage center and then we had this B stage and it was yeah. kind of like, it, it was actually a 360 show and what a 360 show is is that you no matter where you sit, mm -hmm. it's going to fill up the whole like arena because it's yeah. in the middle of the room. Mm -hmm. So I had to do this shot because we had this fake grass that would come out for one of his songs. Fake <laughs> Wait, out of the stage? It come out of the stage. It was fake. It was fake grass. <laughs> so I'm standing with like a like a 20, 30 something pound camera on my shoulder, and I had to kind of like crouch down and like at the same time as the grass was moving, like just slowly, you know, oh st stand God. up and, and get a shot of him <laughs> walking into me. But we had to time it, so that was kind of the thing. Yeah. So. It was. It's a whole. It's a whole thing. Yeah. It's a whole setup. No, I it's dude. A, I totally know, get that. I I love live theater. It's great. I've been doing it since I was in high school, and like that, <laughs> that like the whole t the timing. You got to yeah. Totally so funny because like once again, a lot of people they go see a band, they don't even think about these little things. No, like, they don't. That, they, they just stand out as good memories to them. But it's a good memory because you didn't get a camera shot of like the sound engineer picking his <laughs> nose. You got a camera shot of Justin Timberlake walking toward this grass that's magically rising out of the stage. Yeah. Like, there's an element of like magic to that, really. In a sense, you're making a real-time music video. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. That, wow. is what you, that is what you're doing. That's so cool. Though. That's the name of the podcast. Real, Real time, time music, music video. <laughs> but but it's cool, man. I mean, like even because um, I had to do some directing for the opening act. And also I did a lot of that, too, when I was on Luke was directing for the opening acts, too. And that was good for like, you know, how I wanted to line up my shots or make mm -hmm. stuff better to make the whole show look better. How much of a script does Luke Bryan have? We had um, a couple gags where it was like, hey, he's going to be doing this or we're going to be doing that. Like, um, interesting. We would do this one thing. He had this one song. It was called um, uh, All My Friends. And what he would do was he would, you know, someone would throw him a beer can. He'd catch it. So we'd have to, like, follow these beer cans and, like, you know, watch him go from his hand to the audience kind of stuff while another guy was, like, watching him. So we had that kind of stuff. But then we had more poignant moments in, like, for example, the song Drink a Beer, which is he would, you know, sit on this little makeshift dock and there'd be all this cryo that was creating fog. So you'd have to, like get these really like kind of delicate shots of him and the crowds in the back with all the like cell phone lights and whatnot. So you had to create this emotion with certain things. Yeah. But then there were other songs where it's like, all right, let's just sh shoot this from the hip. Yeah. Kind of thing. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'm noticing a beer theme too. Was the tour sponsored or something? Uh, Miller Lite. Uh, <laughs> I knew it. I would have thought Bud Light, but. <laughs> all nah, my Miller friends. Light. All right. Catch the Miller Lite. All right. We're sitting on the dock. I, I almost got hit in the face with one actually. Did you? <laughs> well, but, but no, it was, it was funny because we were doing a show out in uh, Jersey and we had Little Big Town opening up for us. And the, uh, oh, yeah. the girl, Karen, she's sitting stage left. And Luke's standing next to me, stage right, and I didn't even have time to react to this. She like 
whips this beer. I'm, I'm talking like fastball pitch. Whips this beer can that just goes. If I take it a step further, it just goes right across my face like that. And like I pause. People in the audience saw me almost get hit. My crew guys were like, holy shit, dude, did you just get hit in the face? I'm like, no, I just missed me. And Luke's like looking at me. He's like, did you fucking get hit in the face? And I go, no, it missed me. He goes, okay, good. <laughs> this is mid-show? Mid-show. Oh, you man. almost got clocked in I the almost face got clocked. by the girl from Little Big oh, Town. Like, like, they, like everybody was like <laughs> holding their breath because they thought I got hit. It, like it, it kissed my nose. It oh was my close. god, that's if, so funny. If that happened, you would be you would have a whole new face right now, man. We would I be looking not. at a different guy. <laughs> I think Matt's saying you would get a settlement. <laughs> nah, <laughs> no, nah, they, nah, they were awesome. But it was like, but it was, it was funny stuff like that too. You know, because it it's, it's always spontaneous. We got right. you know, with that. That's cool. It was cool. How much? And obviously, like the opening acts have like a little bit of a script, but it's maybe a little more loosey goosey. Like, is it like as you tear up in the level of tour production, is there more of a script? Does it become more strict? Um, it does because if you have like other elements like pyro and whatnot, that those oh, are all yeah. timed cues. So you got to make oh sure God. that like everything is working because there's like there's a click track. There's all this, you know, yep. th these things that are these moments rather that are happening. So you, mm -hmm. it's got to be all timed or else, or else it looks kind of, you know, silly. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, you have one of those classic moments where you light the lead guitar player or the lead singer on fire. Nah, that never happened. Yeah. Oh, thank God. No, no. <laughs> I mean, like. Those have happened in the past. Like we yeah, you always hear about yeah, it, yeah. you know. Yeah. Who was it? Hetfield got lit on fire once. Michael Jackson. Well, Michael Jackson was. Yeah, that was had I, the pyrotechnic yeah. go off and light his hair on fire. Oh, that was nuts. Um, I actually I've been listening to this podcast called uh, Wind of Change. Okay. About how the CIA might have written the song Wind of Change for the Scorpions. Oh really? Crazy con crazy concept. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. I know that it's. We'll, a, <laughs> we'll have to have a whole <laughs> podcast episode about that. Yeah, I'm we'll in. have it, but um. In there's this ep there's this episode where they talk about how like pyrotechnics kind of came out of um, that like soft metal hair metal era. Oh, totally. Like, yeah. Like all of a sudden it became like a thing. Like your band was cooler if you had bigger pyrotechnics. And there's this story in it about how like so Doc McGee is the manager for yes. like all yeah. the bands that yep. play at the Moscow Festival and. I guess Tommy Lee from Motley Crue punched him in the face and oh, like walked no. down this like he's like he's like f Doc McGee and it's because uh, Doc McGee had let they were told they could have no pyrotechnics because uh -huh. they're in Moscow and this is like as the Cold War is kind of oh, starting to fizzle out you know so like okay. pyrotechnics yeah. might have been a no no but Doc McGee let Bon Jovi have pyrotechnics. Interesting. Like they had fireworks and like, so Tommy Lee like totally lost it because, you know, rock stars can be insecure right. sometimes. But like, I, I yeah. will say one of the All artists, one yeah, of probably. the most like kind of beautiful shows. And when I say beautiful, I mean like in terms of how like the production was. And I was totally surprised by this was Coldplay. Dude. Uh, they, they they actually have a great show. Ke uh, Kenzie, my wife, yeah. went to, uh, she went to Boston and got to see Coldplay play, I think, in Fenway Park. Oh, and wow. Th this was during their, um, uh, it's it, that record, is it Colors or Paradise? You know, this, the, the record with Paradise on it. Um, and their whole theme was they they basically brought the crowd in on their show. Oh, yeah, yeah. The crowd all wore these these bracelets. Y yeah, okay, yeah. You know what I'm talking yep, about? Yep, I do. These bracelets that would actually, they would sync up with the music. Yeah, and they'd light up and everything. They'd light up. And so yep. they'd have these waves of light all around... 
dude, I, after the, the whole after thing. The podcast, dude, Kenzie, that she's like, that was my favorite concert I've ever been yeah, to. Yeah, because I saw them when they were doing the, I think it was the Vida La Vida thing when they were. V, uh, Viva La Vida, yeah. Viva, Viva La Vida, yeah. My sister and I saw it back in like 2009 because yeah. they had to reschedule it. Mm-hmm. And she gave me the ticket. I'm just like, all right, cool. Like, I'll go check it out, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I knew like a couple songs. But I walked away going like that show was awesome, right? Like it was a whole thing. Yeah, like it sound Damn. the sound was pristine. The, they were great in the mm-hmm. production. I was just like, this is killer. That's cool. Those guys are super talented, and their their live show is not live a show joke. is great. Wow. Yeah. You know, you're making me feel bad because I don't I be, I don't know a lot about Coldplay. I also don't know a lot about country. Okay. Neither and it do seems I. Seems like you've done a lot of like tech and crew work for country. Yeah, that's that's been mainly like my uh, my touring career has been mainly the country stuff, and then uh, JT was the pop tour, and Dream Theater was the rock tour. Yeah, Dream Theater. That's that's a whole other. Wow, we could have a whole podcast about like, hey, what was that like? like oh, that, I, yeah. I, I, I tell you, man, that's that was, nuts. Yeah, it was, it was, who were they on tour with? Uh, we were our own uh, oh. evening. We were evening with. Oh my so, god! So so what wow. we did was wow. um, they came out with a new album last year, Distance Over Time, which mm-hmm. if you haven't picked it up, it rocks. It's fucking great. Um, Could they just have called the album Force? Uh, velocity. 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 Just have called it Velocity. I mean, it would have made me happy. Right. But, <laughs> but, uh, anyway, but they would do that. Um, a couple songs from there and then a couple older tracks. But the main thing. Oh, hey, yeah, there you go. Mass Times Acceleration. He's, he's looking at me. He's like, it's, it's Mass Times Acceleration. But okay. M over T squared. Uh, MVT squared MVT is, um, is, uh, Mass velocity squared. That's I love this one. Uh, kinetic energy. One half MVT. Bingo. Uh, MV yeah, squared. Right. Okay, yeah. there it is. All right. Love it. Physics All major. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's the physics guy. I'm gonna go pretend like I know physics in a bit. I think I got like a 96 in my physics regions. From what I boy. Remember. Dude, I actually I didn't even do that. I well. actually got. I was good at it. Oh, I did. I got you. a 90. I got a 96 on I, physics. Dude, I once think. I figured out yeah. like because once you figure out how like the laws and what the formulas are and just like what's what, golden. It was yeah. the only science class I liked in high school. I loved it. Yeah. Because it was straightforward. It wasn't memorization so much as totally. like you apply theorems and you apply formulas to situations. It's just, it's all problem, uh, word word problems. Yep. Okay. Didn't so mean to cut you off. Dream Theater. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> dream Theater is <laughs> way more but impressive. The, um, but the second set was um, they were celebrating 20 years of the Scenes from a Memory album. So they played that from top to bottom. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Wow. And, that, and that was That's the album. a lot. It was three hour sets, man. Wow! Dude, think about like the the muscle, like the fine tuned muscle capacity. Some of those like songs require as a guitar oh, it's player. Oh my god! Well, what about as a drummer? You imagine oh playing god. drums for three hours straight. Yeah, yeah. But you know what though? They all those guys have a finesse. They have a a way of doing it, and it's 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 pretty like astonishing to see how not, especially for the vocalist. I mean, he's singing. You know, you're singing a lot of high parts for three hours, Dude. man. It's, it is not an easy show to sing, and he killed it every night. Wow, that's uh, like that's a whole le- other level of respect. I mean, them like them, Justin Timberlake. I'm sure Luke Bryan, like yeah. he's got to sing a lot, right? And yeah, he's got, not uh, only does he got to sing, he's got to sing and entertain, and oh you know, do all God. that. Yeah, he's a big entertainer. Yeah, is he? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, a whole yeah. thing, man. It's a, it's a very you know, it's a very refined tedious process yeah that you know once you find out like you know what how it works and what makes it works for you then mm-hmm. you just you take off running with it luke bryan's always shaking his ass man. Uh, is he yes yep like ricky martin different different uh, <laughs> I, I would guess so. pants. i guess so um wait um <laughs> i'm not gonna ask you to pick a favorite like artist that you've been on tour with what was your favorite tour maybe that you've done crew for because like you got to watch it or it was like more entertaining for you like um what's your favorite man. one that you've been on that like just was 
on a personal level. I think for me, I, my, my first year on Luke was probably pretty cool. Cause like that was at the, at the time that was the biggest thing I, I could have been a part of. Yeah. And not only did it help me grow professionally, but also personally as well. Like I kind of learned how to operate a little bit more mature with certain things, mm-hmm. but also I made better connections, um, within myself of like how I deal with certain situations. Like, cause obviously at the end of the day, the show must go on. So you just have to mm-hmm. learn how to kind of like fix the problems. Don't, you know, impede the solution, if you will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that was definitely, um, I would say that tour, but then like, like dream theater for me, I've always been a fan of. So to be able to work with them on a very personal level was really, really neat as well. And then obviously with JT, it's like, wow, that's like something I never, ever like it's almost kind of like that really did yeah. that, that really happen? <laughs> totally. I just I don't know I'm, I'm just I'm humble about everything I do and I just always appreciate I, I look at every tour as like did I come away with something to make myself better? Did I learn something new? Wow. Did I, you know, enhance myself? Yes. So I mean I, that's great. That's man. the thing. The, the, but the, but you got to st- yeah, I had to start small somewhere. I had to kind of, yeah. you know, fail forward if you will. Like yes, yes, I had gotten I had gotten, you know, quote unquote let go or fired. But it was for like the right reason. I wasn't mm-hmm. kind of like that right. I was still green. You know, yeah, I didn't totally. really have like the, you know, the stripes yet, the experience, but mm-hmm. then I gained it and I gained mm-hmm. it in a really good way. I didn't go like full on into a situation that was way over my head. I just, you know, I started small, worked on a lot of things. And then every opportunity that came my way, I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to take it. I'm going to learn stuff. If it works out, great. If it didn't, at least I did it. Uh, there's an incoming analogy coming from Kevin. I no, I'm, I, I was laughing and looking at Matt because Matt knows I'm one of those people <laughs> who will jump into something where I'm way over my head and just be like, all right, we got to figure it out now. He, he does <laughs> it and our friend Chris does we're it. We're in a ring of fire. We're, we might as well. Yeah, we'll be like, yeah. Kevin, have you ever roasted coffee before? He's like, well, yeah, 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 I can roast coffee. Sure, what do you need? He's never roasted coffee. You know what I mean? He's <laughs> yeah, never. Right. And he's just like, yeah, 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 I got it. Uh, and, oh, yeah. And, but you know what? Sometimes that works out too. I mean, that that's kind of like a do or die situation, I mean, that's, though, because you yeah, just kind of figure it out or you don't. Look at what I'm doing right now. I've been doing it for two years, and I my day one, no experience in coffee. Yeah, day one, no experience in coffee. You know what I knew? I liked coffee. You liked that's it, it, yeah. And I was just like, all right, cool. Day one, let's go. Do it. And I remember, like, I I remember every big screw up I've had over the past two years, and I just I shake my head and I laugh at it, you know. And like, I'm at the point where like. I'm I'm confident with what I do. I'm ready to learn other things. You yeah, know, it's nice. But like uh, the big thing that I was gonna get, uh, I was gonna really mention that you you've brought up some really key characteristics that come into play when you're manufacturing real time music videos, uh, and that's you know hard work, self honesty, and humility. Like be humble about it at the yeah, end of the day. Totally. You know? Like like be be grateful. Be humble. Like, cause that's part of humility is like, Hey, I've got some gratitude for that, but I'm not like, I don't think I'm the shit because I was on tour with JT. I, I, right, I yeah. just appreciate the fact that I got to do it and I learned something. A- a- absolutely. Awesome. And the, th- and the thing too is also like when it comes to relationships as well, um, you know, if you have a beef with somebody, mm-hmm. just get it over and get it done quick. Don't, don't bring that into the next day. Just, uh, just figure it out. Mm-hmm. What went wrong? Man up. Apologize if you did it. Yep. But if it's really bugging you, go just be like, hey, listen, I'm this is not working out here with the, like we gotta figure this whole thing out. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, you gotta work as a unit. One of the most underrated things I ever got good at or or, you know, worked on in my life was like learning how to just say 
learning how to look at myself inwardly and be like, I was being an asshole, man. I didn't need to say that, you know, even like I'll even do a moments moments after I do it, whether it's in my relationship with my wife or one of my friends. If I just say something because I'm pissed and it's and it's completely like out of line. Yeah. So it's very easy to just stand your ground and be like, whatever. Yeah. I, you know, it, to, to, to and to turn inside yourself and go, did you need to say that? Was that really is that your character? I've learned to be able to say I'm sorry and be like and just like very I I like I'm not attached to my ego so hard anymore and I'm able to make beefs or 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 arguments or fights kind of I I think it shortens their lifespan a little bit. I think it really gets to the point where like okay, listen, I can say that I fucked up which lets the other person identify maybe where they fucked up we come to a middle ground we go okay next time i do this you do that and then you move on yep that have shit's you, cool have you ever read that book the uh subtle art of giving a fuck or uh, not no, giving but a i've fuck, heard of I think it. it is subtle uh, art of not giving a fuck yeah yeah so that's an awesome read because it teaches you a lot of like where to give a fuck and when not to mm-hmm. right and you know what at the end of the day it's just like you know don't hang on to this, the stuff that's weighing you down like exactly. if, if if it if it's affecting your personal life, deal with it. Right. If it's not, let it go. 100%. Um, I want to transition the conversation quickly before we close out because oh. we're, we're doing pretty great on time. Sweet. Um, so I quickly want to get your take on coffee personally in your life. Like what um, what role has it played? What experience do you have in it? <laughs> you know, is it... Oh, this is fun. It, really, like is it is it something that like... I st- Kevin and I laugh because Kevin, you and Kevin are about the same age and Kevin's old enough where he didn't grow up in the era of Keurig. And so his parents drank, you know, coffee f- like, like, a thank God, <laughs> thank God. K cups. He didn't, he didn't grow up in the era of, of K cups. I did. By the time I had ever tried my first cup of coffee, my parents already had a Keurig. It was like oh, the first gen Keurig. Yeah. And Again, I mean, coffee quality between that and drip is is not a whole lot different. They're both pretty, eh, not good. Um, did is that kind of where you stopped? Did you kind of get into craft coffee at all? You, oh I know my, you're familiar oh with Oh my crew. god! I uh, so when I was in high school and everything, I was like, I would do tea in the morning kind of thing. Oh yeah, but telling you man once i started touring that's when the coffee thing like <laughs> went full on because yeah all right i was just like i had a, you know i would do the coffee nap i would do the coffee in the morning i do the coffee before showtime and then like on the dream theater tour i had to be like on all day mm, so i'm like walking around just cup of coffee in hand cup of coffee in hand whatever um what's what was the coffee of choice I would ha- so I had a couple of the Death Wish um, bags out with me. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Did you have the uh, the Valhalla Java? Is that the one? Yeah, I had that yeah, too. Yeah, I had that in the in the standard. So I would make that for the guys. All right. And you know they they liked it a lot. And yeah, I, I brought a lot crew, of caffeine. I brought crew out on the Dream Theater tour. Uh, I want to say the last European run we did, I put in my bag and I. Took it over there. That must so that have been was, last year. Yeah. So, that was, so yeah, January, yeah. February. That was pretty cool. That's cool. Thanks, Evan, for for that. Right. Um, Shout out, Evan. Shout out. Shout out, Evan. Evan. Jenkins. But dude, I tell you, man, like, um, got to have a lot of really good coffee over in uh, Europe and in South America. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. That's that was, cool. Well, of course. But you know what I loved about it though was like, especially in Europe, it's like a, 
it's not a rushed activity. You sit, you enjoy, you hang out. That's all this is. It's not this like, mm-hmm. oh, I got to go and I got to I got to take off. Like, no, they want you to sit down yes. and just, you know, take in the day a little bit. Mm-hmm. We were sold That's convenience it. as Americans. We were coffee, like commodity coffee from like the 70s, 80s and 90s was a com- the, it, it was a convenience sell selling yeah. point. That's where they came up with instant coffee, which is literally coffee that was brewed and then dehydrated into a powder and right. rehydrated with water. That is why we and older generations are still kind of used to it. Our generation knows of it and usually it just defaults to it because it's easier. We already focus so much of our attention on so many other things, including our phones, including, um, I don't know, our hobbies and everything, everything else. Why put a little extra effort into something that you already have a convenient alternative for, which is like a K-cup or, yeah. a, or a drip machine. Um, but because we're now, I always say like, the, the pendulum swings one way and then it's usually too far that way and it swings all the way to the other side. So we got so ingrained and, and so used to this like instant gratification kind of thing that we as a society are kind of shifting more towards mindfulness and taking our time with things and enjoying yeah. things one thing at a time. Right. And so I think that that is uh, that's a really great observation because that's kind of what specialty coffee is about. It's it's you're you're, you're experiencing something. And understanding why it's special. Yeah, and the thing too is like, especially like just from traveling, whether it's domestic or international, it's like I don't want to go to a like a Starbucks or something like that. Like I want to go somewhere local. I want to try it out. I want to support you know what they're doing, and I'm 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 big on that. That's why it's like I, I carry like the the Death Wish or like the crew that I brought on the last tour because it's you know I think it's important to you know support small businesses and Hell especially yeah. like when they're making a really good product. That's that's great too. Yeah, and like. You know, I, I brought back a few bags from when I was in Brazil, and that was really good. I brought back a couple of beans from Italy, so that was like my quarantine nice. coffee, if you will. Mm-hmm. But it's just, you know, I, I think that the big thing is like, especially, you know, once the once normal comes back, at least, or like I think we can still kind of do it now. Like, if you're gonna go out and have coffee with somebody, just like sit, enjoy, talk, mm-hmm. just you know, bullshit, whatever you want to do. Yeah, that's that's because that, I think that's the big thing, like that we all kind of took for granted when this happened was like, wow, we can't see our friends for this period of time now. Mm -hmm. And it's like, be fortunate about your relationships that you have, spend time with people, just, you know, make that genuine human connection. It's really easy to send a text. It's really, I I understand that, but guess what? Call that person. I'll be like, Hey, listen, what are you doing? Hey, nothing. Let's go like get a cup of coffee. Let's just hang out. Whatever. Where did you go to meet with that guy where you got your first job? We met at uh, Frothy Monkey. Frothy Monkey. Wait, yes. I have yes in Nashville. Yeah, I have Frothy Monkey, or I just finished it. I have Frothy Monkey in the cabinet right now because Troy sent me delicious a box of coffees, and you know he has that brand yeah. that he has that streetwear brand. He sent us some hats. He's wearing a hat right now. Um, I've seen, I've seen the shirt of that. Nice little plug. <laughs> bikini, bikini season. Bikini com. Season. No, no first eye. Coffee Collective Podcast brought to you by people from Nashville and bikini season in Nashville. Jesus. Um, where was I? I mean, yeah. So uh, the, the Sorry, point I'm is, you up. no, 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 you're fine. Uh, the, the, I, well, to finish my thought, the, Coffee shops, like Kevin said, all the way an hour and a half ago, in the beginning of this podcast, they are the great equalizer. That is the place that people go 
to commune, to sit down, to connect, um, to catch up. And when you're in line at a coffee shop, the person in front of you could be could have $10 in their bank account and they're spending their last $10 on a cup of coffee and the person behind you could be Jeff Bezos, but everybody's got to wait in line. It's the great equalizer. Yeah. And it's also like, you never know too. That's where things could just change. Change for me in a coffee shop. Exactly. It, it's it's amazing how you just, but like I said, it's it was built on relationships. Mm-hmm. That's what it all comes down to. And that's what I encourage, you know, for local musicians and stuff like that. It's just, you know, get out there, play with people, meet people, try stuff out. If that song didn't work, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Go, go write something else that's, you know, you think is going to work. And that, and that's it. It's just a matter of, you know, like we've said before, just be honest with yourself, maybe put the ego at the door and allow yourself to just maybe, you know, you failed here. You had a lot of success here, but maybe we want to tighten this up. Maybe want to finesse this a little bit, but guess what? It's all part of the process. It's like medicine and law are called practices because they're always changing. Music, music's a practice as well. That's why there's no like, mm. there's like no real end game, mm-hmm. right? Because you're always learning something new. Like you go on YouTube and it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you find these lessons and it's like, oh my god, like why was I not doing that? Right. Or why did I not ever dive into that? There's yep. no ceiling to it. There's right? there's no ceiling. I mean, it's it's great that like you know with the advent of social media, how much exposure there is right now. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite things I've been watching uh, is these. It's a YouTube series called Homeschooling by Tom Bukovac. He's a A-list Nashville se- session guitar player. He's played in a lot of stuff. But all he does is this. He plays for a little bit and then he just like, he talks about stuff. Mm. And I'm like, this is awesome. Is it like an Instagram live thing? No, it's a YouTube thing. Oh, it's YouTube, right. Sorry. Yeah. And it's great because he just puts these little pieces of information out there and you're going, oh my God. Like, forehead slap. That's right. amazing. <laughs> Why didn't I do that? I think yeah. that was an audible forehead slap, like for the podcast. Yeah, I think was, <laughs> no, that yeah, was sick. no, that but, was great. But that's the thing; it's always there's a pursuit of just of want. I would say you want to learn stuff, and it's like mm-hmm. it's fun. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. moment it's not fun, that's it. Yeah, you know what I like about it? you answered the next question I was going to ask. I was going to say the same thing. Like yeah. we're the hosts here, and I was going to ask you: Do you have any words <laughs> do you have of wisdom? Any advice? For, like, yeah, we always right. we typically ask if people have advice for listeners of the podcast yeah, for, for their sake because these are interesting. And yeah, and you just people. jump right into it. All right, so we got one last question <laughs> for you, man. I didn't mean to. Sorry. No, it's all but, good. I mean, I, I would say honestly, like besides what I was, you know, just kind of telling you guys, the big thing is, you know. Um, you know, don't make it a sport, but still have fun with it. That's kind of the thing. Mm-hmm. Like, still, still kind yeah. of keep your, you know, your your kid, little kid kind of energy with it. Yeah, yeah. And um, especially, listen, if you decide to go on the road, it's not what you're gonna see in the movies. There's a lot of, you know, ups and downs. Mm-hmm. You're away from your family. You're away from, you know, things that you love, and you just have to kind of roll with the punches. If something happens out there, you gotta learn how to deal with it and just, you know, carry on. Which, you know. I've had that experience. It's not the best, but it kind of has shaped certain aspects of my personality. But the cool thing is that I, I love what I do. I have gained a lot of worldly experience and just a lot of memories from everything. And I wouldn't ever discourage anybody from wanting to do it because I think it's a great 
I don't want to say litmus test, but it's like one of those things. Like if you, if you're, it's almost like the mob. If you get into it, you never really get out. It's like a rite of passage. It can be. Yeah. yeah. And especially like, you know, if you're doing it in your early twenties, like I did, I'm like, that was like the perfect time to do it. Totally. Mm. I was 25. I had, I had no, like no real direction. And then all of a sudden it's like, Hey, you're getting on a bus. Cool. That's awesome. And the adventure continues from there. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's a little bit of a, you know, like I said, the, the period right now is not the best. Um, but I'm hoping that things get better and I would encourage, you know, like yep. fellow musicians just to, you know, support each other, whether it's virtually or in person and, um, you know, always just try to find better creative outlets and then, you know, take this time to really just hone in on your, your shit more. Yep. Write those songs you haven't been doing, work on those pieces of music that you've been kind of shelving and just, you know, make the best of a bad situation. Zach Rossi, two questions for you. Go. What's your jam? Where can we find you? Um, I've actually been on a kick of this band called Big Wreck. Okay. Big, Big Wreck. W-R-E-C-K? Yes. Big Wreck. Okay. They are awesome. The singer kind of sounds a little bit like Chris Cornell. Okay. But it's, it's, it rocks. I already like that. It's Dude, it's so good. That's cool. Like got like that rasp to his voice. It's uh, kind of like, howling a little bit. Oh yeah, but oh, yeah. but there's like really the band is great. There's some killer guitar playing on it, and the songs all are like amazing. That's cool. Yeah, sweet. What genre would you classify them? You don't have to as rock. Okay, cool. It, it's kind of Just in like that straightforward that, rock. Yeah, it's kind of in that cool. King's X kind of vein, but oh, it's yeah. like not. Um, I don't think it's a power trio kind of thing. I think it's two guitar players and a drummer and a bass player. Cool. But the songs are all awesome. A uh, power quartet, if you will. Power quartet. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> And where can we find you? Do you have a, a website? Or are you just mostly on Instagram? I'm mostly Facebook? on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, so, I mean, my Twitter's not that exciting. I just kind of comment on a lot of Indianapolis Colts stuff and video game nonsense. Love it. <laughs> like, Love I, it. Like, I, like I just got a platinum trophy on the new Final Fantasy VII remake. So I was kind of like, hey, let me tell you guys how to do it. Check me Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. But um, yeah, so I got like, you know, Facebook and um, Instagram's kind of where I have like a lot of my photos from work and like guitar playing videos and stuff like that mm -hmm. so that's that's cool what's the handle on there uh ross z513 okay it'll be in the show notes yeah, yeah. With, along with everything else we mentioned videos yeah. and yeah and uh youtube channels and and whatnot cool matt what's your jam buddy um this this is a repeat from a few weeks ago but i'm still on run the jewels four I'm still, <laughs> i know you I, called me earlier you were I, singing it I when was, i picked up the phone oh uh, yeah i was at work and matt's in the background <laughs> going oh La la ah wee wee. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. I'm yeah. I'm glad you like that album, I'm, man. Dude, I'm, That's I'm a great album. It. Because it's got I mean, obviously the, the message is really it's 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 a really heavy message for a really yeah. heavy time in American well, history. Yeah. But it's also really fun. It's yeah. a great because not every song is like message. Not every song heavy. is yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. What about you? Uh, oh my god. <laughs> All right. I a, almost derailed the podcast earlier because Tell me oh it's no. a French no, Singer. no, I've no, you know, I have been listening. <laughs> Matt, okay, so tell him quickly. All right, Matt already shook his head at me for this. So I've always wanted to learn French. Okay, I don't have anyone I can actively learn it with right now. Okay, but I have friends who speak it. I decided because I spend the first two hours of the morning by myself every day, first two hours only French. Wow. And it's and a lot of it I don't get still. And like like yeah, I was yeah. saying, learning is painful, right? Right. There, I, there's a lot of moments where I'm like, 
what am I trying to say right now? What am I trying to hear? Like, and I'm like, and so like, it's just started. And luckily I know enough where like, I'm picking up, but I've been listening to a lot right. of French music. Yeah. But no, no, no. The, my jam this week, and I haven't been able to stop talking about it, Protest the Hero. Okay. Awesome metal band. They've been around for forever. They're from Canada. Of all, like, of all places, like, you never, like, expect to hear, like, this amazing prog metal band well, that, from That's Canada. where Big Rex from. They're from Canada, oh, too. Oh, from Canada? Yeah. Oh, go Canada this year. Yeah. What up? 2020 oh, and, Canada. And uh, we just anyway. passed Canada, uh, Canada Day, Yesterday. Right? Yesterday was Canada Day. Oh, great. Uh, perfect. So this is perfect. Uh, Rody, their singer, actually blew out his voice like three or four years oh, ago. Oh, no. Didn't come back. And he's got these crazy, like, high-end vocals. Yeah. Um, they recently as in like last week released an album called palimpsest palimpsest is the concept of scratching a tablet to record new more pertinent information typically more pertinent information like an, like an, like an ipad no like a tablet like old school stone tablet it's oh. a greek word because what they would do with like these religious doctrines or like things they were like oh we got to rewrite this yeah like Ideas like a constitution or a republic or things like that. You would scratch this entire tablet clean yeah. and start recording new information on it. And it, so Palimpsest is that actual act of doing right, that. Right, thereby and, erasing all of that Yeah, and that album's brilliant. It starts with this song called Migrant Mother that's dedicated to like the photo that was taken called oh, wow. Migrant Mother yeah. back in the day when people were like moving during the Dust Bowl across Jeez. the United States to California. Yeah. And then... Like every song is about a piece of American history, but it's told from a different perspective. Okay, so there's like a song oh, so about it's a, it's Amelia. A concept album it's a concept album okay. for sure. Every every album they do is a concept. Is album. it about rewriting American history in it that way? Is. Zach Rossi, thanks for joining us. Thanks Thank for having you. me. Appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of Saratoga summer, and hopefully you can yeah. get back to doing the rock music thing yeah, or the country music thing or the pop music well, thing. Hey, you know, whatever the fuck you're going to we'll do. We'll see. I mean, it's at this point, um, you know, just whatever comes. We just we just hope you get back on tour. I hope the same for myself and a yeah. lot of my other road brothers and sisters. Yeah, for real. All right. Peace. Peace.